Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks, coming to you from Mobile, Alabama at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Buck, how you doing, bud? Man, I'm good. I am good. It's long Full day. day. Long day. Full day. Full day. We've got a fun show coming up. We're going to give you our recap of the first day of Senior Bowl practice, some guys that jumped out to us and what we saw. Uh, also going to share with you some sound we had. We had a chance to sit down and visit with some quarterbacks in this ball game and had uh, really a chance to learn about these guys, Buck. You get a chance to study them all year long on tape, but there's nothing better getting a chance to sit down one-on-one and have a conversation with these signal callers. And we've got, I believe, three interesting conversations coming up on today's show. Yeah, it was really good to sit down with these guys and have the conversation with quarterbacks because you're always trying to dig a little deeper. We talk about them being the face of your franchise. You have to know a little more about the quarterbacks than the other guys you bring into the locker room. Yeah, those conversations coming up here in just a minute. But first of all, uh, day one, what stood out to you out here on the field? Uh the dudes who were supposed to be the blue chippers, I think they were as good as advertised. And if we talk about the way the league is trending, uh, the teams that win games are the teams that are able to dominate in the trenches. Uh, Montez Sweat, Jalen Ferguson, those guys look like They're dudes. everything that I heard They're dudes. Yeah, they look like dudes. And I think when they got a chance to watch them in one-on-ones and all the things that you wanted to see in those individual drills, even though it was just the uppers, I think you can see the length, you can see the explosiveness, you can see the ability to turn speed into power. More importantly, I think you can see where they had the potential to be guys that could get 10-plus sacks at the next level. The one for me, Sweat, I wanted to see, does he have any shock in his hands? I know he can bend, I know he's mm-hmm. athletic, I know he can win with speed. I wanted to see, can you put your hands in somebody's chest and create some movement? And he hit Alabama State tackle, who I think is a good <laughs> player. He hit him with a little shake bowl, put his hand in his chest. I think he ripped his heart out, Buck, and just put him on the ground. That, to me, was the most impressive rep of the day. Oh, uh, it was very impressive. Uh, very impressive the way that he was able to handle his business on the edges. Um, he, he Look, he just looks like 
you wanted to look. And I think as we've been around this process enough, we know certain guys are going to climb. I think by the end of the week, we'll talk about him continuing to climb up the ranks. A couple other guys that stood out. I thought Debo Samuel had a nice day from South Carolina. Absolutely. Uh, Keelan Doss did a nice job from UC Davis, real clean route runner. He's one of my favorite guys outside the, the Power Five, big-time Division One guys there at UC Davis. I, I actually put out a video probably a week or two ago when I was studying them, they ran a little tunnel screen and did a little uh, yep. little hook and ladder off the tunnel screen. Yeah. It's a creative offense Dan Hawkins has in place there. But he's real efficient at the top of his route, gets in and out, creates separation. I saw a little bit of Keenan Allen stylistically to mm-hmm. his game. Um, I think that's – He's much better. He's much, he he's, much, he's much better. Like, you know, and th- this is the reason why we talk about this game for small school guys is really, really important because – you now had opportunity to see him against some of the best of the best, and he didn't look like a fish out of, out of water. No. In fact, he looked like he could dominate. Like his reps that he had against uh, Iman Marshall and some of the other guys, he looked like a guy that is very, very comfortable playing against big-time competition, which is what we saw from Cooper Cup when he was here. Yes. And Cooper Cup has continued to have that kind of success in the league. Yeah, I remember Cooper Cup's year, we had a chance to visit with Zay Jones, and Zay Jones said that he was just studying Cooper Cup all week long because it was just like watching a technician at work here as a route runner. So it, it's fun to watch those receivers. I thought offensive line-wise, you know I'm a big Andre Dillard guy from Washington State. I thought I got actually got a text from an offensive line coach in the league. He said, look at that dude move. I mean, uh, we can get carried away with, okay, you know, does it, did he finish it? Did he did – he, uh, in a one-on-one, did he get beat or did he not get beat? All I know is he can bend, he can slide, he can redirect, and he is uh, he is very athletic. He is very athletic, and everything that you've talked about, like leading up to this game, is certainly true. He is the best pass protector that we'll see at left tackle. Uh, very natural with his feet, his ability to kick and slide and get on the edges. He does a great job of kind of anticipating where rushes are going. Uh, the only thing that you can really dink him for is. Is he nasty enough? Is he going to be kind of like that butt kicker that throws people out the club? But when it comes to projecting where he could fit an offense that is passing a lot, an offense that needs a true left tackle, he certainly should be in the conversation as one of the top ones. No doubt. So it's been fun to watch the guys in the trenches. We've seen the receivers and the DBs get after it, but all eyes always going to be on the quarterbacks. I, I like to go look at the tape before I go too strong in my opinion on what those guys look like, but – I thought Daniel Jones was able to drive the ball a couple times today, which I wanted to see. The ball jumps out of Drew Locke's hands. It jumps out of Jared Stidham's hands. Um, and, and I thought Kid Finley from NC State did a nice job. Very efficient. Everything's just real clean with the way he operates. Yeah, the, the first two guys that you talk about, Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, I think they certainly look like the class of everyone that's here. Uh, Daniel Jones, you talk about wanting to see him drive the ball because you didn't really get a chance to see it on tape. Uh, that is something that we want to continue to monitor throughout the week. And with Drew Locke, the talent is certainly there. And, look, we saw Josh Allen kind of rise yeah. after coming out of this game. I can anticipate uh, Drew Locke playing very, very well in the game and having a lot of buzz behind his name. We know how his talent is, and we know how he'd be projected. Well, let's uh, let's get to our conversation we had with the talented Missouri quarterback. Here's our chat with Drew Locke. All right, Buck, excited to be joined uh, by a guy we've got to know a little bit through the process here, Drew Locke from Missouri. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Excited to be here. All right, let's start first just this week. You know, yeah. uh, goals for you this week here at the Senior Bowl. What are you looking to accomplish? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is to just show, you know, Coach Gruden, but show other, other teams as well that, you know, I can pick up an offense really fast, go out on the practice field, go out on the game field, and just kind of show that, you know, I can learn in a quick, quick little time span and go out there and do it at a high level. So what are some of the things that you've been doing to prepare for your opportunity here? Like, obviously, coming from Missouri, like, how do you get ready to kind of play in a pro-style game? Yeah, so uh, we learned a little bit 
from Coach Julia this year at Mizzou. Um, I think one of the things I pride myself on is throwing off platform, being able to make the not so easy throws. But going into this week, you know, I, I realized that there is times where you know I could have necessarily been floating away and getting off my platform when I didn't necessarily have to. So working my footwork a lot with JP down in there in Dana Point, good old California. Um, just being able to be in rhythm this week, working on my footwork and really listening to Coach Gruden on where he think you know expects things to time up. Or, Receiver is outside seven step, which needs to be on a three. Um, just being able to be fluent with my steps to kind of time up with the receivers out here because it's going to be different. You know, you're not throwing at these guys every single day like you did at Mizzou to where I really got to be sharp with my footwork. What's one thing you're looking to get scouts to write down in that notebook this week? It might be from visiting with you or just even when you're watching tape. What's, what's that impression you want to leave with everybody? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's going to be the throws on tape where it's like, wow, this guy's got a big arm. He's got an athletic build. He's 6'4", weighs 225 pounds. Like, there's just those things that, you know, you can write on a That's piece. That's already of, on the paper. It's already yeah, on the yeah, paper yeah. That, that everyone sees. I want to be able to go out there and show just more of my athletic side. Um, people think, you know, that he's a pocket passer. I think when you see me get out there, I mean, we're going to have the best guys in the world running around on defense. Right? They're going to come and try to get us. We're not going to be all on the same page, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make plays work. I'm going to make things happen. And, you know, it's not going to be like – picture-perfect offense you've been running with these guys for six seven months mm -hmm. you're gonna be out there for a couple days and you're gonna go out and make plays and things are gonna break down but I'm gonna make the best out of the plays that break down you know in thinking about that going back to Missouri there are a lot of people say that you were so talented but maybe team success didn't find you what would you how would you address the fact that maybe at Missouri you didn't win as many games as some elite quarterbacks have won yeah um, I think it kind of goes back to a little bit my freshman year um, we had a we had a, uh, a wild thing happen to us there. We had the protest to where it kind of made you know, our university look, look light in ways. Like people didn't want to come here. Our recruiting went down. Lost a, lot, lost a lot of swag from our university right there to where our group that stayed tight, stayed collected, had to come through and fight through a lot of stuff, stuff that would have taken a normal university 10 to 15 years to come out of. And for us to finish 8-4 and four in the regular season our senior year, um, it means a lot to our university, I know that for sure, because it, was, it wasn't looking very bright there for, uh, for a little bit. But to be able to come out and do the things we did, I think that proves a lot about how tough we are, how much adversity we can fight through. And you know, when waters would have been easy, I don't know if I would have learned the kind of things that I did when, when I did throughout uh, you know, my time at the university. It's been a few years, and I don't know if a lot of people even remember the story. I, I like you go a little bit deeper on that. Just it was those racial protests were taking place, and you're, what, 18 years old at the time? 18. You're kind of, you're thrust right into the middle of this. What, what was kind of your leadership role like in the challenge of just trying to navigate through the very, very tough time, not just for the football program, for the entire university? Yeah, so you go in there and you have this picture-perfect scenario. You know, you go in, you're going to, well, we, I had a starter there already who went to back-to-back -back SEC championship games, so I was going in expecting, you know, a lot of leadership from the senior guys, and and uh, you know, I ended up playing pretty early. We had some misfortunate things happen with Maddie, um, to where I got thrusted in there. Won my first game at South, against South Carolina. Then we went on a little losing spree there, and you know, the real college football hit me. All of the negative tweets, all of the negative things that come around that, and you know, I fed into it. I had to learn how to get out of that. And then that week against BYU, the protests happened. Our team got behind uh, the cause to where we said we weren't going to play uh, unless certain things happened, and. Uh, we ended up playing that week, those certain things happened, and on that Friday when we were getting ready to travel to Kansas City, my head coach said that he was going to be done after this year. Coach Pinkle, who was a longtime Missouri great, one of the reasons I came to Missouri was because I was going to have coaching stability. I wasn't going to have to worry about coaching change. I was going to have a, a guy there that was going to have my back, and you know, that, week was, that week was 
something else for an 18-year-old kid trying to go play at Arrowhead, the, the stadium he grew up, you know, watching games and he's about to go play in. And I just, uh, you know, it's a lot of adversity that we went through there, but I think we came out as better men and better football players from it. You know, I'm thinking about that, the quarterback at the next level is really counting on to be the face of the franchise. Um, how has that experience kind of shaped you and really given you the confidence that when you go to the next level that you're going to be ready to handle all the stuff that goes along with being a franchise quarterback? Yeah, I, I, I kind of said it like this. I was like, if I was going to have that picture-perfect route, I don't know what kind of quarterback I would have been. I would have probably been a little arrogant. I would have been a little too good, too big for my own head. You know, where I went through those bad times, I realized what it takes to come out of it and how to lead a group of guys through that. Because don't get me wrong, like you got 100 plus guys in a locker room. It's not just you. You're fighting those demons inside. You're fighting all the negative thoughts. I can only imagine what the other guys are doing as well to where you got to put that aside. You got to be a quarterback. You got to be a leader of the team. You can't really focus on how you're feeling that day. You got to focus on how the other guys are feeling and how you're going to get them out of that slump to where now that I, if I go to an NFL team and things start off rough, there's not going to be anything that makes me flinch anything that makes me flinch. It's going to be it's going to be a really easy transition to pull out of a, you know, a bad time with the team. All right, I got a question for you. So Tony Romo, Kurt Warner, Drew Locke, they all have one thing in common. Do you know what it is? And it's not that you guys all play quarterback. <clears throat> I don't know. Great hoopers. Oh, hoops. The basketball. Little basketball background. Yeah, yeah, For those yeah. that don't know your story, now you're a heck of a high school basketball player. You had Division One offers, and I'm not talking about uh, you know, some throwaway offers, legitimate offers to go play hoops. Tell us about kind of your background growing up playing basketball and why you chose to go the football route versus the basketball route. Yeah, so Laura Locke got me started. That is my mother's name. Laura is her name. And she got me involved in basketball. She loved the game of basketball. My dad wasn't a hooper. My dad played left tackle. He, he can't <laughs> shoot. He shoots it. He shoots it like a big guy. He, he, he can't drive to the hole like, like Laura taught me to. But, no, that was my first love. Um, I grew up loving the game of basketball. I... Uh, played up a team because I knew my parents knew I was gonna be taller than everybody mm -hmm. um, to where I would play up so I didn't have to play big man because I wasn't gonna be a 6'4 division one big man yeah. like that just that's not how things work so they <laughs> played me up my whole life to where you know you grew a little toughness from that you know you're mm -hmm. playing against older guys like especially the sixth seventh eighth grade like I was a late bloomer I'm playing against guys that got full armpit full of hair and I'm, I'm sitting here I have no hair on my chest no hair on my armpits you're I got, driving to the game you know like, I'm like I'm sitting there in the car like man I might get bullied today a little bit but you know it made me tougher yeah. to where I got to uh, high school I was a four-year starter on the varsity team my first varsity game ever had 26 points hit six threes nice uh, I was the second leading scorer in my in my school's history with like 1800 points who's first uh, his last name is Graves. I forget his first name every time he played at Kansas and didn't have a three-point line. So, like, oh, okay. the dude was balling. Yeah, nice. He had to have been a good ball player. Nice. Graves, wherever you are, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Nice good work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that ended up happening. And I got my offers. I played with a, a team out of Kansas City called Pump and Run. Uh, they changed to Run GMC my freshman year or my 15s year there because they went from Adidas to Under Armour. So we were an Under Armour sponsored team. Oh, wow. We played against the Josh Jacksons of the world. We played against a lot of really good basketball players. Um, Ferguson that plays, he's a six man for OKC. Yeah. Guard him, Malik, all those guys. It was just, uh, it was a different type of ball game. It was, uh, it was really fun though. I love that. So, and, and thinking about that basketball experience, <laughs> how has that basketball experience made you a better quarterback? Yeah, it's been huge. I think as far as when I'm gonna recruit a quarterback, hopefully I can recruit quarterbacks, I'm gonna look for a guy that's diverse. I'm gonna look for a guy that ran up and down a floor. You think about how much athleticism it takes to play at the top level of basketball. It takes takes quite a bit being able to see the floor, make open field passes and, and tight alleys. It translates to football very well. You gotta, 
you got to manipulate the pocket. You got to find the alleyways. You got to move around a little bit. You can't just be a stick in the mud. And basketball helped me not be that stick in the mud. Well, you got a big week in front of you this week. And, and my last question for you, I want to go, let's get in the DeLorean. Let's go into the future one year from now. If, if, if we're to get together again and meet up, what would you say is a successful rookie season for you? If you can envision it and you're trying to say this is the perfect scenario, what is it? Yeah, I mean, obviously all of us want to play early. You see a lot of the rookies playing early now, and you see them playing at a really high level. I think you saw Baker play his butt off, mm -hmm. Josh Allen, Sam Donald, all those guys. Lamar even came in and took a huge step and made a tremendous job with what, the, what he was given at that time. So I think being able to come back and say that I did everything I could to be a starter on that team. And if I did start, I did everything to make that team better. Can't give you like a certain amount of wins. Don't want to give you a certain amount of stats because you know we're not gonna yeah, no, write anything, I, no, I know, write anything in pen right now. I but just doing whatever I took, whatever it took to make the team, you know, the best team that I got drafted to. Last question for me: If you had to look at the National Football League and you could pattern your game after anybody, who would be that guy that you would say is your role model? Yeah, so I talk about the off-platform throws. I think Aaron Rodgers does it best. Um, he's people actually grill him a little bit for it too. He's making the some throws harder, he's throwing off his back foot, throwing off his left foot, rolling right, throwing sideways, kind of Patrick Mahomes-ish, um, to where I know I can make those plays, I know I can you know, make the off-balance throws, but at the same time, know when it's necessary to stay in the pocket and make it, make it easier for yourself. So I think being able to do the things that Aaron does as far as out of the pocket and inside the pocket when it all breaks down would be a huge part of my game. Oh, I'm looking forward to, to following you on our journey. It's a big week for you, we're excited for you this week, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you as we march towards the draft. Thanks for your time. Perfect, thank you. Well, Buck, I, lo I love it. You talk about it all the time. You, you beat this into the ground, and I agree with you 100%. I love it when guys have that athleticism to be able to play multiple sports. And uh, I think you see that. You do see that in his play on the field. That basketball background shows up. Yeah, I think the athleticism really is what you want. Um, you always hear quarterback coaches and offense coordinators say, look, I want a guy who is uh, a thrower but also is athletic enough to move around. The bigger thing that I took from his basketball experience is I can see Drew Locke stepping into a locker room and being very, very comfortable with anybody. And I think a lot of what has made Josh Allen very, very successful and kind of like beloved in Buffalo is his relatability with everybody in the locker room. And so much of what we do with quarterbacks, we talk about the physical, but the intangibles matter. And I do believe that Drew Locke is going to have some of those intangibles to make him a franchise quarterback. No doubt. Well, it's great to uh, catch up with him. Also had a chance to catch up with Auburn's Jarrett Stidham, who, Buck, he spins it as well as anybody in this draft class and uh, really a fun guy to sit down and talk to. All right, Buck, excited to be joined by Jared Sidham. Jared, how you doing, man? Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. Now let's start uh, first here this week down here in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Uh, just your goals. What are you looking to get accomplished? What statement are you looking to make this week? I think, you know, first of all, um, you know, I want to I display my leadership qualities to, to these teams. Um, you know, really have them know that, hey, I've, I've weathered the storm once or twice and, and come out on the better side of it. Um, and then obviously on the field, just looking to, uh, looking to improve. Um, obviously, being around Coach Shanahan and the 49ers staff, really excited to get to work with those guys and, and just learn more ball and, uh, you know, make all the throws on the field and, and hopefully uh, turn some heads. Think about in, in, in terms of learning ball, coming out of the offense that you've played in, how excited are you to get a pro playbook and do some things that may accentuate your game even more than you were able to really showcase in I'm, college? I'm extremely excited. Obviously, I, I don't think the ceiling can ever be high enough for, for knowledge in the game of football um, just I mean even just in my two weeks that I've that I've been training uh, I've learned so much just about offenses defenses what this guy does what that guy does just just learning more 
and obviously extremely excited to get with Coach Shanahan and, and the 49ers staff and to really expand that even more. I know you've been working with our buddy with Jordan Palmer out there and, and just kind of getting ready for this experience and then really the whole draft experience and kind of make your, your closing argument to all these 32 teams. What, what are the one or two things you guys have been trying to hone in and focus on, uh, something you saw from, from what you were doing this fall or what he saw and just kind of the, the area you're really trying to attack and get better at? Yeah, I think uh, for me uh, physically is just uh, my footwork, making sure all my cleats are in the ground at all times and, and not getting, you know, Un, or unbalanced mm -hmm. and you know obviously playing quarterback at any level you're not going to have a perfect pocket to throw in every single time so working off platform throws that sort of thing and and really honing in on on the three different types of throws that there are drive layer and touch mm -hmm. and just really focusing on those three throws and then you know mentally just again expanding the mind expanding the the knowledge of the game and, and that sort of thing i want i want to jump in real quick because you said the word because layer as over the last couple years, I've fallen in love with that word. When you're looking for a descriptor, when you're watching quarterbacks throw, the over-under throws, I just think layering describes it beautifully. How would you define what you mean there by layering the ball? Yeah, so you know, a lot of people call it a, a two-ball, um, but a layer, a layer ball is you know not not so much touch. I mean, you gotta have a little bit of touch, but you're not really driving it in there with all your with you know all your arm strength or all the force that you can create. So, you know, just that that fine line between both of those and. Uh, you know whether you got to layer it over a defender and and really put it in the in the breadbasket. One of the challenges down here at the Senior Bowl is you're throwing to all new guys mm -hmm. at the perimeter, and so you have all these personal goals that you want to accomplish, but yet it takes guys on the path the receiving end to do it. How do you develop a chemistry and a connection with a set of guys that you've never really thrown to? Right. I mean, obviously, it's going to take a lot of hard work and practice to get those timing routes down and stuff. And uh, something I love about Jordan Palmer, what he does is. Every, every single day we throw to different guys. And they're, they're not guys that are gonna be out there running four, three, four, fours. I mean, they're, they're high school guys or, or ex-college you know college players that are no longer playing or you know whatever it may be. Yeah. You kinda have to adapt to who you're throwing with. So you gotta, you gotta know your personnel um, and you have to make the throw you know, depending on you know, their certain strengths. One of the things I wanna ask you about you're under a lot of pressure this year. You know, you watch certain games. Oh, Mississippi State game, I was just watching mm -hmm. that the other day. You get hit a bunch in that game. But when you're trying to drill and, and work on pocket awareness and being able to feel some of those things, how can you drill that? It's something, you, it's kind of an innate feel almost, but you try and simulate that as best you can. How do you attack that? I think, obviously, there, there's nothing quite like game reps. I think everybody knows that. I mean, you're, you're, in practice, as a quarterback, you're not going to have guys Running down at, on you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially, I mean, at Auburn, we got one of the best defense lines in the country. You, you don't get that yeah. game-like feel of guys are coming, trying to rip your head off, basically. So, you know, when you're talking about drill-wise, um, just a lot of different movement, a lot of different movements um, in the pocket, uh, getting outside of the pocket, trying to emulate it as, as best you can without having live reps. So your, your time at Auburn has been a bit of an up and down ride in terms of Auburn not necessarily meeting expectations. You guys are always expected to compete for the SEC title, maybe the national title. How are your experiences there, uh, good and bad, help you when it goes to getting to the next level? I think it's helped me tremendously. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've got, I got to play at Auburn University and graduate from Auburn University. Um, but there's nothing quite like the SEC, in, in my opinion, and, I, and I've, I've got a different perspective than a lot you've of guys. Got, you've got a couple of experiences. I, you know, I've, I've played in the Big 12, played in the SEC, and, um, and I'm mean, not knocking any conference. Yeah. I just I just think the SEC is is the cream of the crop, and uh, it's it's the closest thing to NFL-like teams. 
Um, and, and you play against a ton of great talent, um, and it's a battle every single week. I mean, you go from Ole Miss to Mississippi State to Tennessee to Georgia to Bama to A&M. Yeah. The list goes on and on. And I mean, just a, just a ton of great teams, ton of great talent. And I think the thing that that I'm proud of most is, I mean, you're, you're not. I mean, you try and win every game, and, and if you lose, you, you got to bounce back. You have to be able to bounce back because you're you're playing a team just as good, if not better, than the team you played the week prior. So. Um, being able to go through adversity um, throughout a season and, like I said, weather the storm and try and get those guys in the locker room to stay together, stay tight, and then try and finish out you know, the, the next week's game and the rest of the season. I'm going to ask you to put your scout hat on and join us in the scouting world here for just a minute. One of the few guys got a chance to play against uh, during your career, that Clemson defensive front. You got a chance to see that Alabama front a couple mm -hmm. times there. What's the best front that you played against and why? Mm, Mississippi a, State front is no joke either. Yeah, that's, throw that in there. But that, that's a tough one. Um, do I dare praise the Alabama? Yeah. I know that thought is going through your head I right can't now. Can't do it. <laughs> um, no, I, it's really. I mean, what stood out about the Clemson group? I'll just get you off the hook with that. All, what I mean, stood out about the Clemson group? All four group? of them. Yeah. I mean, you got Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence in the middle, then you got the two on the outside. I mean, take your pick. I mean, pick your poison. You know, it's like <laughs> let's double team him, but then that leaves that guy free and one on one. Yeah. So. I mean, with, with those guys, which I, I learned my lesson that game, throw the ball away. Um, so I, I learned my lesson, but tremendous front with those guys. And then obviously Alabama, they're going to have guys every single year. Mm -hmm. um, Quentin Williams this year, he's probably one of the better players I've ever gone against. Um, just completely disruptive. But, they, I mean, they've got guys that, I mean, just everywhere. On that, on that defense, they're, they're everywhere. So Nice work. I mean, nice work. We can keep the scouting hat on. Um, <laughs> Over the next couple months and selling yourself to teams, what are some of the things that you want to show teams to make them feel comfortable about you potentially being the face of the franchise? I think, like, like I said earlier, leadership qualities, I think that's the main thing. If, if you're going to draft somebody to, to hopefully run your organization in a year, two years, three years, whatever it may be, I think you've got to be able to trust him that he's going to lead, lead those guys in the locker room. Uh, so that, that's the first thing. Uh, secondly, I would definitely say um, just that I can gain more knowledge about football. And um, I love to learn football. Um, I mean, I just love talking to, talking to guys about it. Um, coaches, players, just, hey, what are you seeing on this? What does this mean? You know, that sort of thing. Just really expanding my, my knowledge of football. And then thirdly, um, you know, when it comes to playing the game, um, controlling an offense and uh, having complete control of those guys in the huddle, have a, have, a, have a it factor about me on the field, in the huddle, and making sure those guys are around me. And, and a term I really like to use is, is being a multiplier. Are you going to bring guys up to your level on a daily basis, in the weight room, you know, on, on the practice field, in the meeting room, or really be a multiplier? I'm going to do a little role play here with you real quick, okay? This is your rookie year. Uh, let's say this is, uh, this is week four. You get your first start. It's week four of, of the regular season. You're in a, in a kind of a crucial point in the game. We'll go third quarter. It's third and five. Your left guard, he's an he's a eight-year vet. Your left guard jumps offside. Now you're in third and 10. You drop back third and 10. You throw the prettiest comeback you've ever thrown in your whole life. Right, right in the chest, you get a drop. It's fourth down, you're punting. You guys go off the field. What is Jared Stidham doing at that point in time? I'm going up and down the sideline. Whether, you know, if it is a crucial point in the game, because um, I, I always like being positive with my guys. Now, if I got, if I got to get on to somebody, I'm going to get on them in, in the right way, and I think that's, you got to know your guys, so if this guy responds to this or if that guy responds to that, you know, have a, have a sense of the relationship with them. 
Um, but going up and down the sideline, guys, we're gonna get we're gonna get the ball back. Defense is gonna get a stop. We gotta go down and score. With go because I always love talking to the running backs individually, uh, whether running backs and fullbacks, receivers individually, and then obviously those offensive linemen, giving them some love. Hey, left guard. Hey, keep it up, dude. You're here for a reason. You're an eight-year vet. It's all good. We'll get the ball here in a minute. We're gonna go down and score. So just completely be completely be positive with them, and and keep that up the the whole game. So if we could fast forward a year from now, at the end of your rookie season, what would you like to have accomplished during that first year? Shoot, man, uh, there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think I think anybody would say obviously to win a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, any rookie I'm sure would would definitely would say that. Um, but you know, honestly, I'm I'm looking to go in and, and win games wherever wherever that might be. Um, I mean, that's the name of the game. I mean, guys draft you to win games, and so that's what. That's what I want to do moving forward is go in, learn an offense right away, and have a chance to compete for that starting job and, and, and win a lot of games. Last question, I'll let you go on this one. It's the most important question. It's going to require the most thought. I need an honest answer. Better barbecue in the South or, or in Texas? Texas, hands down. Sorry, okay. Alex. Oh, yeah. Wow. Texas What's for sure. the difference? <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't realize this until I came to like, Alabama, but people here, they eat like, white barbecue sauce. Never heard of that. <laughs> And people love it here. And it's, I mean, it's okay, but it's just not, it's not barbecue sauce. So yeah. I think that's one of the main things. That, and, and I will say there's beef brisket yep. in Texas where everything here is pork. So I, and I'm not, I'm, I like pork, but it's not the best. Yeah. I like beef brisket. So I would say that. It's <laughs> a very, very precise answer right there. I appreciate I'm it. it. I'm giving it some thought once I, or twice. I like that. All right, there it is. Jared Stoop. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it, guys. I don't think this year, you know, finished up the way that Jared Stidham wanted to finish up, Buck. But I tell you what, he's an impressive guy. He's got a nice kind of energy about him, good charisma, and you want somebody that can that can make every throw. He can do that now. He's got to clean some things up, but there's a lot to work with. There, there is a lot to work with. I, I don't know if you're a golfer or not, but like I I'm not. Like, I break every stereotype. Yeah. So I kind of like to play with my golf balls that have a little scuff on them. I like them to be a little beat up a little bit before I get to them. You know, okay. I feel like it goes. I feel like with Jerry Stidham, I feel like the thing that is going to help him at the next level is the level of adversity that he's faced during his collegiate career. I believe that is going to help him. It's going to serve him well. It's going to give him an opportunity to play through some of those hiccups that other guys kind of fall short at when they faced him. Uh, another quarterback that's had an interesting journey, uh, quite the journey, uh, a couple different schools over a six-year period of time is NC State's Ryan Finley, and we had a chance to catch up with him. Buck, we always love it when we get a chance to to visit with quarterbacks here, even though as an NC State guy, an App State guy, we welcome in an NC State guy. How's it Thank going? You. It's going well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. you taking some time with us here. First yeah. of all, let's, let's go through your journey a little bit. you got a unique story. Yeah. Uh, where you started out in the college journey and where you ended up. Yeah, I mean, I, so I started off at Boise State, uh, three years at Boise State, three years at North Carolina State. So kind of felt like I had two shots at college football, but uh, – you know, six years later, I'm ready. I'm ready for something different. Obviously, on, people so. listening to this are going to hear sixth year. So explain how you ended up getting the sixth year. Yeah. So I, w I was my redshirt year. I had a uh, had a bad shoulder, so got surgery on that. Uh, and then my third year, I broke my ankle. So you know, I had a redshirt year that that puts you on the five year plan, and then a medical shirt year puts you on the six year plan. So. So NC State obviously has a reputation for producing quarterbacks. You've seen yeah. a number of guys that have gone from there: Philip Rivers, Mike Lennon, Russell Wilson. You'll be the next one. What is it about playing at NC State that prepares guys to play at the next level? Yeah, I think there was. Uh, it was pretty awesome to be, you know, kind of a part of that that lineage. Um, that's some some awesome quarterbacks that have came through, and 
definitely something that I didn't take lightly. You know what I mean? I had, you know, I had big shoes to fill. So uh, I don't know. I think you know North Carolina, Raleigh, there. It's it's just awesome, man. And it's uh, it was a blessing to to follow those guys for sure. Now you've got the chance to to be on a team there with a lot of NFL players. Just look at your defensive line the year before and all yeah. the guys that you guys pumped out. Now you're going to get a chance to go step in a locker room, not only guys like that, but now grown men. I mean, what, what do you anticipate being the challenge going from leading 18 to 22-year-old guys as a six-year player yeah. versus stepping into that huddle with somebody that's got four kids and a wife? I mean, I think definitely. I mean, that's, that's the NFL for you. So uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that opportunity. Uh, like I said, you know, ready for the next step. And uh, I feel like I'm kind of an old guy myself. So I been trying to be a professional for the last couple of years and that's kind of just how I go about my business so just excited to learn excited to you know get to know guys and just kind of take in everything and kind of soak it all in yeah. speaking of learning you you come here after playing in an offense at NC State they had some pro-like concepts but how excited are you about the challenge of playing in a pro style offense doing it for real at the NFL level yeah I think that's one of the most fun you know parts about it for me and I think I like you said I got a little introduction into that but into the, some of the verbiage and stuff like that, but it's a whole nother level. So I'm excited for that. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's what takes the game to the next level. So I'm excited for that. I think I'm ready for it. All right, just give us a generic call here. Just give us a generic call, a play call. Give, give me the coverage that you would see and then just walk me through a read. It could be any, any, your favorite play, whatever it is, but the play call, the coverage, and, and your read. Uh, so, you know, one of my favorite calls is just left hash, triple left, Cali Patriot wide drive, X oil. Um, so, you know, kind of the ability to tag some stuff. Uh, so we got three by one into the, into the boundary, but we call it fibbed formation into the boundary. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we did a lot of fib stuff just because it's, it's easy to ID coverage mm -hmm. with fib. Does the nickel travel over? Does he not travel over? Um, you know, obviously we had Kelvin Harmon. So anytime you can get, get him out there on an island, Single you know, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, it just kind of clears everything up. So, uh, you know, he's got, a, he's got an oil to the field. We call it an out is locked at 10 yards. Press coverage, we're giving him a nine. Mm -hmm. and, and let's roll and let's and let's put it up let's look off the safety and let's let's throw it uh you know coming into your vision you got the under just kind of your your drive concept you know you got your under to your end to your take two post over the top mm -hmm. um so that you know that's my favorite call quarters it's got answers everywhere throw the oil to the field um alert that boundary post kind of that mm -hmm. pin concept you know mm -hmm. kind of eye that safety um, cover two, just kind of go under to your dig, yep. to your check spot. So that was that that was a call that we called a lot. Um, it ended up kind of being to a point where like any time we want to take a shot, we just call that. And it's like an opportunity to take a shot, but it's also an opportunity to just go through your read. So uh, that was probably my favorite play. Nice. We ended up throwing the throwing the nine ball to Kelvin. Oh, yeah, more, more than I once I've seen it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No. Taking shots. So now coming down to Mobile, playing in the Senior Bowl. What are some of the things that you want to prove and show the scouts this week? Yeah, I think I just want to show that I'm a good teammate. I'm out there bouncing around, having fun, uh, playing with passion. I think I want to uh, show I can spin it a little bit. I think I, I questions about my arm strength that I kind of want to just want to kind of go out there and let it rip. Um, want to show that I can kind of make off-schedule plays, you know, something I, I think I can continue to work on. It's just kind of, you know, getting outside the pocket and making plays and, and things like that and extending plays. I want to get uh, I want to get in the time machine here and let's go let's fast forward things get to the end of your rookie year. Uh, if you're going to look back at your rookie year and say it was a it was a tremendous success, what's what's transpired? I think I just um, fit in to the situation. I think I hopefully took a ton of notes, learned a lot, um, you know, became close with some guys on the team, uh, got to know everyone, um, and 
have a good relationship with my coach and you know did whatever did whatever to help you know the team to win and be successful whether that's you know helping the starter or being the starter and, and you know being out there competing my ass off when you think about the NFL game obviously we all look Sunday we have role models guys that we pattern a game after <coughs> who are some of the quarterbacks that you take bits and pieces of and sprinkle into your game um, as far as just pure enjoyment watching, I love watching Aaron Rodgers. Just as far as just a physical specimen. Um, Tom Brady, uh, you know, read his book, you know, follow Have you him. done the diet? Have you tried the diet? I haven't done the diet, but yeah, I mean, thought you know, about it. Took some things from it. About, no avocado you know, just, ice cream in your, uh, no, your past here. Okay. Real ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tom Brady's a big one. Just as far as the preparation, the longevity, obviously, that's it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, I, I love watching Philip. Just kind of how he conducts himself. All the, you know, the pre-snap adjustments. Were, were you there? Were you in the room for the speech that he gave to the NCAA? I missed team? it. I missed it. You weren't like, there? No, I missed it for like a month. Come on. No, I, I've, I've watched it. Dead gum. I watched it on tape because yeah. we recorded it, obviously. Yeah. But uh, went viral a lot of like our, our, our slogans came from that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I was. I've heard. Oh, wear y'all out. Talking, talking to your defense, saying, I wish yeah. I could go out there. I'd wear y'all out. I can see it. Yeah. Philip lost his mind if you haven't seen this video, but yeah. that's Rivers. That's Rivers. Um, I, I want to hit you one more thing here. Uh, this week down here, um, getting a chance to get eight quarterbacks in this game. You're all jockeying for position. Do you find yourself competitive juices going? I mean, it's not like there's. It's not like you're at NC State and you're, you're playing to try and get in a bowl game here. It's a little different. Uh, it's about your future, yeah. but just the competitiveness. Do you feel that start to get rolling a little bit with all these quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's why we're all here. You know, is to is to compete and uh, haven't even really gotten a feel for that yet because we've kind of been busy doing other stuff. But I'm um, excited for when that that starts. That'll be fun tomorrow to get out there. Yeah. You, know, I think it's funny. The one thing I was going to ask. Um, you talked about being excited. How nervous would you be to kind of perform on a stage with all those guys around? Is it? Do you think you'll find it hard to just kind of focus on you doing your job, or you kind of peek over and look at what everyone else is doing as well? Um, I don't know. I think I think you know, different guys handle it different ways. Um, you know, personally, when I'm at my best is when I'm you know engaged and, and not necessarily only thinking about myself. You know what I mean? And 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 trying to you know you know get with guys out there and just kind of engage with guys and and you know and that's kind of how I, I perform best so I'm excited about it obviously yeah it's a big stage but uh, I got nothing to lose you know I, I got a couple more for you then I'm gonna let you run here uh, let's put your scouting hat on for a second as two scouts you're talking to going up against that Clemson front I mean mm -hmm. just what type of a challenge is that just preparing for that and then what's it like actually sitting back there with the, with all the live bullets flying yeah uh, Obviously, you know, Clemson is the best team in the country, uh, and uh, they got after us. They're, they're a very good defense, very well coached, too, and um, that D-line is, is pretty awesome. Um, Any pretty, one stand out above the other in that front? I think Wilkins yeah. stands out to me the most, just as kind of just being your complete package, athletic, uh, that whole thing, and I've gotten to know him pretty well. He's a, he's a very cool guy. But, um, you know, playing them at home especially, is uh, is challenging because they're they're moving their fronts and they're they're all so experienced that they're just doing a lot of stuff on top of being great players. So um, you know we, we struggled uh, you know to kind of identify front and, and coverage. They do a lot of different stuff in coverage. So mm -hmm. um, they're they're a very good defense. All right, and last question. And know that that the the guy over here has got the answer. If you can't answer it, you can phone a friend. 
Um, but I want to test your NC State knowledge a little bit here. Okay. I'm going to give you a little trivia question. I need wow. to see if you can give me the answer. Okay. When you hear the term fire and ice, uh, mm. what, what, what does that mean in regards to NC State? Fire and fire ice. And ice? Fire and ice. It's like it's going to drive him nuts if you don't know this. So I have no idea what that is. Oh, my God. But let me, let me tell you a little backstory, though. Okay. We have this walk-on quarterback. And he wears this polo that says fire and ice on it. And I've asked him before, like, bro, what does that even mean? <laughs> and he literally, he, he won't give me an answer. So this is his fault. Okay, so we're going to This is literally his fault because he's like, I don't know. It was just in my dad's closet. I'm like, what? It's like a real nice, like, jacket type deal. Yes. Yeah. To my so, defense, I've asked him three times. I can't wait to talk to him. I can't you're wait. You're going to get the answer right now. Go ahead, So, buddy. So fire and ice at NC State is all about Chris Corciani. And Rodney Monroe, they're basketball, basketball players. Okay. So back in the and it had to be late eighties, like, late eighties, yeah. early nineties, like Rodney Monroe was like one of the best shooters, and Corciani was the point guard. And so they called their backcourt Fire and Ice. Okay. And when they used to play at the old before the RBC Center, they used to play at Reynolds. Like those dudes used to light it up, and that little thing that y'all light it with the little howling or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. that little thing. Like they would hit threes and all that other stuff, and it would go crazy. So that's I where. I can I can remember. From. So I, I was a kid. Like so, this had to be like late '80s. Yeah. Going to a restaurant in Raleigh, and my dad my dad was speaking in the area or something. We we're in a, in a restaurant. It was like a sports bar, and the whole wall it said fire and ice, and it was Corciani and Monroe on the whole the whole mural. There. All, so all now, now you've, you're armed with the information. Having, having grown up in Raleigh, no, no. but being a Tar Heel, having to watch all of that yeah. silliness. A little history wow. lesson. Yeah. Nicely done. If he would have answered that question when I'd asked him, I'd have known. Okay. <laughs> you put it all on him. It's all his bad. You it's, text it's, him. You I'm literally text blaming him. him. I'm taking no account. Right, right. you, you, you need to get in touch with him. Text him during the week. No, I'm, about to call, I'm about to call him right now. Okay. Because we're yeah. going to be here all week calling the game. So so I need an answer once you, that once you come back. So. Yeah. That's right. unbelievable. Fire and ice. Uh, fire and ice. Uh, There's your education awesome. right there. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. So, Buck, fire and ice. I'm just trying to educate people. That's all I'm trying to do. I mean, trying I get, to help them out. I get a way to dig in the past and bring out. I knew you'd have it. I knew you had Chris that. Chris Corciani, I knew you had that one. Reference those guys shooting bombs from 17 feet when that was the three-point line. Um, look, Ryan Finley is someone that is intriguing because depending on how your offense is 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 orchestrated, he can certainly be a guy that is kind of like what I call a, a contact hitter. Yeah, he's not going to hit the home runs. He's not going to push it necessarily down the field. But in terms of as you say death by a million paper cuts, he can play in an offense like that. And so if, if surrounded by the right weapons, we've seen he's a guy that can win games because at NC State, they had weapons around him that won a lot of games when he was quarterback. No question. This is a big week for him. That's a big game. Another big game coming up is the Super Bowl, Buck. You can stream the Super Bowl live on the Yahoo Sports app or the NFL app. Uh, Buck, you also have a conversation with Dabo Sweeney, Rhett. Our buddy, Rhett, the PBU, had a chance to catch up with James Franklin. We can be on the lookout for both those interviews, Aaron, in the next Move the Sticks podcast. So a lot more content coming your way from down here in Mobile. Anything you want to add, Buck, before I go hunt down my chicken shawarma at the uh, the Mediterranean sandwich shop on Dolphin Street? No, I can't wait. I don't I get any free food for that. I'm just throwing no, it out no, there. No, you just like doing that. I just like just, throwing it out just there. Just a nice shameless plug. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for uh, tomorrow because tomorrow we should get an opportunity to see these guys in four pads, a little more contact, a little more physicality, and all of the butterflies should be out. I think we'll see better performances from everybody the second day of the season. Well, get your Millie Vanilli ready. You might be blaming it on the rain, buddy, but we're going to have some fun. All right, that's going to do it for us on Move the Sticks. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Andrew Siciliano is walking by and giving us a big smile, and that just that just makes my uh, makes my heart warm. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. 
Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.